to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. How are the mics? Do we have hot mics? I does have a hot mic, and I actually have quite a lot less background noise, so this is looking really good. All right, look, I'm not even going to start the introduction until Peaches does his bullshit. So, Peaches, what do you got today? So, I was playing Tiny Tina's, and uh, naturally, you know, it asked some really good questions that I that I'm going to share with you guys today. Um, I guess spoilers in the sense that this is a question that I heard from Tiny Tina's, I, you know, but whatever. Okay. So, obviously, right now there's a skeleton inside of you. There is? Get yeah. it out! That's too spooky <laughs> oh, for me. You weren't supposed to tell Zar that. I told him it was just... I told Zar he was on a hydraulic system. Like a spider. I'm scared. Guys, there's <laughs> a skeleton living in me. <laughs> I know, this, this, that's scary. <laughs> But do you ever think about how the skeleton is also extremely wet? I did know. You, you have an extremely moist skeleton inside of you controlling your body. Well, well, well let's just. The I, I skeleton guess the skeleton is, skeleton there is for more like... of the mech suit. The skeleton is more of the mech suit <laughs> that you're connected to, I guess. I'm less scared. Oh, well, that sounds cool. Yeah, like your brain is like the center of the skeleton mech suit. I'm a lot more excited. That sounds way better than what you originally said. (laughs) Again, I can't emphasize enough. Very wet skeleton mech suit, like straight out of the ocean Pacific Rim mech suit. And also just make an anime. (laughs) Do you know most of your blood is made in the bones? No, all of the blood is made in the bones. Did everybody know this except me? If this is a biology podcast, I signed up for the wrong (laughs) podcast. I didn't want to use my college degree. (laughs) Is that what your undergrad is in? Biology? Yeah. (laughs) I forgot all about that. Biology with like medical science emphasis or miter or something. I don't know. It's not useful to me right now. And what are you doing with that? Nothing. (laughs) <laughs> Not a single thing. Could be worse. My uh, undergrad's in construction management. Well, you got the business side of that. You need a little know-how. I guess. I was I supposed guess. to be a veterinarian. What happened? Peaches, what's your undergraduate degree in? Your mom! Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that was my minor. Ha! <laughs> Your mom's a minor? Oh, Jesus. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. Uh, I'm Peaches. And I'm Czar. Sorry, I, that was the end of the conversation. I was done. Once we hit that point, I'm like, all right. So it's time to. There was nowhere else to go. No, no more. Peaches, none from you. Well, so here's the thing. I want to go see Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Okay, and how was um, it? Other than a few moments of nuclear level cringe, <laughs> uh, I, I got to give it a good five out of ten. Ooh, damn, that's lower than I gave the first movie. Okay, yeah, what would you give the first one? Never saw it, so I can't rate it. Hmm. Mm. I would give it like a seven to a seven and a half out of ten uh, for the same reasons. Like it definitely had moments of cringe, like. Sonic flossing is something I knew I was going to see in the first Sonic movie, but it wasn't until I saw it that I was like, we live in a society, you know? <laughs> Spoilers, there is flossing in the second one as well. Yeah, Why? figured. God damn it. Something. Uh, all right, just let me know if I'm in the ballpark. So I knew that flossing in the second one surprises me because I didn't think lightning struck twice, but here we, <laughs> but here we are. I'm guessing there were chili dog jokes. 
Yes. At least at least two farts. Yes. God damn it. That's it. That's it. That's those are my predictions. I mean, besides everything else that we know. Mm, was there a joke that was more sexual and undertones, but then was quickly dismissed due to how young the possible audience was as kind of a fourth wall breaking joke? Not that I recall, but again, like oh. <laughs> the movie's a bit of a blur for me. I mean, he was so fast. <laughs> that's like that's like his thing. I don't know if you saw the previews. <laughs> but, but the guy goes that's, fast. That, that's what he do. Ooh, it's what he do. Speaking of video right. game movies, uh, my wife and I actually saw Uncharted recently with Tom Holland and Marky Mark. Yeah, you said it wasn't bad. Yeah, no, no, it was really good. Yeah. Video game movies for the win. It's definitely been a work in progress, but we're finally getting to the point where video game movies are just okay. We did it, boys. <laughs> we have made it. There was one scene in Sonic the Hedgehog 2 that made me really uncomfortable, where it's like Sonic and whatever his name is are having a talk on a boat. It's like cutting between Sonic and the guy having this conversation. But like when they cut to the guy, it felt like the guy was looking directly at me and I didn't care for it at all. <laughs> what the fuck? Yes, <laughs> you, you have to see it to know what I'm talking about. But it was. The way it was shot was very uncomfortable. Interesting. At least Knuckles sounded cool. Yeah, no, it just elbowed. I get I mean, did as good of a job as you can with Knuckles, the echidna or whatever. <laughs> There's no way he wanted to be there. He just <laughs> it must have been a fat payday. Good for him. All right. All, all right, right. Last sorry. question on this. Is there going to be a third? Um. So, you know, there was an after credits uh, stinger, you know, kind of like a Marvel movie thing, but I didn't watch it. So I have no idea. Mm. Mm. You didn't feel the need to stay <laughs> the additional five minutes to see that. That's not a great sign if the answer is no. I really had to pee, and it was just like, I get it. It's Sonic. <laughs> yeah, you're like... Didn't you have a cup? I get it. I get it. I did hear Jim Carrey is retiring, though, so... Ow! I like Jim Carrey. Zara, what are we doing on the pod today? All right, all right. We'll, we'll circle back here. Today on the podcast... No, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are not. We are talking about E3 getting canceled. PlayStation has a new Game Pass. It's the 20th anniversary for Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Then after that, we have some quick takes and game releases. All right. So this first article, I think no, it needs to go to Peaches. So Peaches, what's going on with E3? All right. So this article is coming to us from IGN and Rebecca Valentine. E3, both digitally and physically, has been officially canceled. Game over. After previously canceling the in-person event of E3 in 2022, the ESA has now informed partners that there will be no digital equivalent this year either, meaning that E3 has been fully canceled. Likely due to the fact that they were... All of the people they were trying to partner with to get this showcase going were unable to... Uh, coordinate with the ESA and under, like figure out how this event was going to be handled and so they just ended up canceling it because right a big scramble at the end was not what they were looking to do and so hopefully they put on like a actually quality showcase next year but you know it'll probably be like a bunch of just dance from Ubisoft or something <laughs> hmm. you act like that's not important oh shit yeah sorry um <laughs> they, they we're gonna have so much just dance from Ubisoft guys. Just, let's let's, let's, let's call go. It, let's call it a gratuitous amount of just dance. <laughs> a gratuitous <laughs> amount of dancing. For just a gratuitous <laughs> amount of dancing. Okay, so let's go over the timeline of the last few years. Now let let's be honest. Obviously, COVID has fucked up everything we know about showcases, right? Because the 2020 showcase for E3 was canceled completely, right? And then in 2021, they did a digital only showcase, which to be fair, had some good views, but not the likes of which E3 is used to, right? 
And now there's no word once more of E3 showing its face at all in the gaming industry. So, boys, I almost hate to impose this question. Do you think this is the death of E3? Czar, what do you think? I I certainly hope not, because, I mean, I love E3 every year. Um, I'm wondering if it's kind of like an organiz like they they couldn't get this off the ground because of organization or lack of time or if it was just going to be way too many hoops to go through right uh, because like last year there was no one except Jeff in the entire studio <laughs> it, it just still felt like kind of a shadow of E3's former self and so I don't know if that came in as a factor to why they canceled it this year, but I liked it last year. I've always watched it online. And so I, I hope next year it comes back. Maybe they just need to take an extra year to reassess things. Peaches, what do you think? I doubt that this is the death of E3. I'm not saying that E3 is never going to die, um, but I don't think that this is the death of it. I think the death of it will come for another reason that we just don't know about yet. I mean, it's interesting that you bring that up, actually, Peaches, because that kind of leads into some more thoughts that I had. So the big three, Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox, they still have been showing up to E3 kind of in spurts, right? And the truth behind that is because Nintendo's directs have changed the way that we thought about showcases, right? Nintendo was like, hey, How about instead of sharing the spotlight with all these other big gaming companies, I can have my own showcase that just brings attention straight to my platform. And as soon as they started doing directs, Xbox and PlayStation started doing the same things, right? With the state of plays, or I don't even know, Zara, what do you call the Xbox showcases? World premieres? It's this week on (laughs) Xbox. (laughs) World premiere. (laughs) world premiere. So, I mean, we can blame COVID all we want and kind of look at COVID as the catalyst for, I don't know, you guys alluded to maybe it's not the end of E3, but at the very least, like, we can say that these showcases, the second they started, like, and the big three stopped coming to E3 as much, and even if they do show up to E3, they're not bringing all of their greatest and latest like they used to, right? They're I instead actually bringing like that. more niche things. You do disagree. Why do you disagree? Um, so I know Sony has stepped out of E3 a few times. However, I think Microsoft has Microsoft and Nintendo have never fully stepped out of it. Nintendo, I know, has like said that they are they save some for their Nintendo Direct, but like Microsoft, at least like the thing is, I don't think there's any problem with showing stuff that you have already shown previously at E3. You know, because all it, E3 is just a big advertising event. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, it really for the for it, the purposes of what we watch it for. There's also, you know, it's it's a whole electronics expo, but like for what we watch it for is for the video game stuff. You're absolutely and right. The ad, we watch it for the ads, baby, <laughs> and it's just additional advertising. <laughs> I want to hit on something you mentioned there about like everyone bringing their A game to E3. I agree with you to an extent, but I'm thinking that maybe they are not bringing their A games to E3. And they're saving them for the Game Awards because you mentioning those ads, how how many of the best games that we've seen throughout the years have been coming from the Game Awards lately? In recent years, not a whole lot from this showcase, a hell of a lot. It's just Well, yeah, I guess this most recent showcase was pretty heavy with the ads, <laughs> as Peaches calls and them. I- Right, <laughs> because he's not wrong, is the thing. True. I wasn't insinuating that like PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo aren't making any sort of effort in their E3 appearances anymore. But if they do show up and they've got something incredible to showcase, like, are they going to exhibit that at E3 where they have to share that hype and spotlight with everybody else? Or are they going to save their best for their own showcases because then they don't have to do that. They don't have to share the spotlight. It's that's the question, right? Although well, I gotta, will say this. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. What well, I was going to say, you got to figure that 
these showcases, these individual showcases are still a very new concept for all of these companies. And so they are right. still figuring out the best way to highlight themselves for their own showcase. And I, I would imagine that like Xbox and Nintendo, the rest of them are a little bit disappointed that E3 isn't going to be happening this year or maybe oppositely everyone wanted to not attend E3 this year and that's why it's not happening could be could be I'll tell you what um, when it comes to thinking about E3 the section of the gaming industry that I kind of worry about the most is uh, and I know I brought this up the last time we talked about E3 is indie developers right because Whereas like Xbox, PlayStation and Nintendo have these huge showcases to demonstrate what they're working on. Indie developers often do not have as much of an opportunity to do those things. So a lot of them really depended on showcases like E3 to demonstrate what they've been working on. Now, you could say that indie developers have kind of gotten their own spotlight within the PlayStation, Xbox and Nintendo showcases. Hell, Nintendo's got a whole mini showcase just dedicated to indie developers. But it is also true to say that they never receive as much hype or attention as the big titles that come straight from that studio. So I'm worried about these indie developers being able to get their games out there to a larger audience without voices like E3. What do you guys think about that? Do you think my concerns are founded? Do you think I'm over worrying? Zar, what do you think? Uh, for me personally, I, I don't usually find out about indie games from E3. It is all hmm. of those individual uh, like Nintendo Xbox showcases that they do or even just like browsing their online shops and seeing which indie games are really, really dirt oh, cheap. Right. And then and then there's those other events. Um, I think there was some ads during the Game Awards, too, again. I So I, I'm, I'm just kind of wondering how much hype. E3 actually generates for independent game studios. Peaches, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that E3 was ever great for indie developers. Like, again, no one's going to miss up a chance to advertise their game, especially on, like, a big stage. Like, Microsoft, Sony, indie developers, like, they're, they're going to advertise it wherever they can. I think um, indie developers really do not get much of a spotlight at all in the grand scheme of E3. Like, uh, think about Hades. I never, mm, I didn't hear yeah. about Hades from E3. I heard all of the buzz online about Hades. I never heard anything about it from E3 or a showcase. Stardew Valley, I never heard about that from E3. I just found that on Steam and fell in love with it. Um, right. Well, because a lot of these consoles and, and services like Steam that you'll use they put these ads right in front of your face, these ads for new independent games that you can pick up for pennies on the dollar. Steam's especially good because they'll have those sales, right? But as far as like what gets that front page, like ad, like all eyes on me attention, like it's not going to be a lot of the indie titles unless it's something that's absolutely blowing up like Hades or like Hollow Knight or Celeste or, you know, any sort of games like that. And it depends you know, on data mining, too, personal preference and such. But I guess that's getting a little too right. nitty gritty. You are right. All right. So ultimately, I hope that E3 does try and pull off something, because even if it is just another digital showcase, I think the thing that we do all agree on as fans of gaming is that E3 is pertinent to the culture, right? Absolutely. And even if it is just an online showcase, guess what? The three of us are too poor to go to the real showcase anyway. So that's what we've been doing. Exactly. exactly. And how else am I going to kill a three-day period in the middle of June? Precisely. So we'll wait to see. We'll wait a little longer to see what E3 is doing. And in the meantime, I think now we need to talk a little bit about PlayStation and their own Game Pass. Uh, you boys mind if I take this article? <laughs> go for it, Sony Pony. Don't like that, but let's go anyway. <laughs> 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 Not a fan of that. Anyway. <laughs> All right, this article is coming to us from The Verge, written by Tom Warren. So thank you, Tom. Sony announces new PlayStation Plus subscriptions. It's answer to Xbox Game Pass. 
Reading a little bit straight from the article, Sony is announcing new versions of its PlayStation Plus subscriptions today. It's long-rumored answer to Xbox Game Pass. PlayStation Plus is now a combination of Sony's two current subscription services, PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now. Two new PlayStation Plus subscriptions options will include access to multiplayer gaming alongside a catalog of select PlayStation games to install or to stream. What does all of that mean, boys? Well, first of all, with these new services that PlayStation's offering, PlayStation is eliminating its incredibly shitty PlayStation Now service. Eh? Eh? Oh, so this is a continuation of a previous article when we were guessing what they would do with their online service now that they were sunlighting it. Correct, because we knew PlayStation was working on something, but it wasn't until the last week, week and a half, where they have finally started giving out definitive answers on what they are doing, what the new services will include, what the price will be, and what the fuck is happening to PlayStation now. So, let me explain exactly what is happening here. Basically, PlayStation has introduced a three-tier subscription service to use PlayStation Plus, right? And at every tier, you get something different and you get something new. Now, the PlayStation fans were all extremely worried that these changes would mean they were going to basically have to pay for something they don't want or pay a little bit more for what they're using now. The great news is that is not true. Because the very first tier of this service, PlayStation Plus Essential, has everything that the current PlayStation Plus system has at the same exact price. So for $60 a year, right, you get multiplayer access, two monthly downloadable games, all the discounts and cloud storage for game saves, right? Everything you know about PlayStation Plus now. But let's say you want to go up a tier. You want to get the most out of that PS5, or let's be honest, you're probably still using the PS4, (laughs) right? It's still hard to get a PS5. Well, then you're going to want to go with PS Plus Extra. This is priced at $99.99 a year. It includes everything in PlayStation Plus Essential, plus you get access to a catalog of up to 400 PS4 slash PS5 games. That's not bad. But let's say you want just a little bit more out of that PlayStation 5 or PlayStation 4 or whatever. If you go up to the $120 a year tier, which is called PlayStation Plus Premium, you get all the benefits of Essential. You get all the benefits of Extra. And what they tack on is an extra 340 games that include PS3 titles that can be streamed and some original PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation portable games. Eh? Eh? Not bad. That's not too shabby. They really hit the nail on the head here, right? Because they're getting rid... They're basically... It's not even really getting rid of PlayStation now. It's integrating it with what PlayStation fans have already kind of been paying for, right? And just making it more accessible. So I've got a few different questions for you guys about this. So first of all, How do you feel about the tiered system? Do you feel like it includes the right amount of benefits at each price point? Czar, let's start with you. As far as creating a standalone, completely new and individual experience apart from Xbox's Game Pass, this is a step in the right direction. PlayStation, I think they have it kind of figured out here with the tiers, and this is really going to shape into what they want to take on as an online subscription-based service. That being Mm. said, I don't like the tiers, but that may be more personal bias. I would rather see the, like, PlayStation, PS2, PSP, PS3 titles. I'd like to see those priced at $100 a year and then all of the fancy new modern games get pushed to the $120 a year. Because you want to pay, you would, at least my mind thinks that you would pay more to to play the newest and best games. I I don't know. Yeah, I feel you. Maybe that's personal bias, but 
Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that. I think they should be doing some reordering. But Peaches, what do you think? I think uh, $120 a year is steep. Um, however, right. it's comparable to Game Pass prices. And that was their goal, right? Was to make this comparable to Game Pass, you know, to offer their own version. Right. And I think they did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would be willing to pay that price for like a couple months so I could play like if it had Jack and Daxter, Sly Cooper, Old Ratchet and Clanks yes. and Infamous. Like that's that, that would get me on board for that price tag. What'd you say, Czar? Medieval. Sir Daniel Fortescue. Oh, yep. No one remembers yep. Medieval? Just me? Okay. I, yeah, I'm over here this. like, uh, yeah. Whatever you say, Grandpa. Yeah, yeah, sure, buddy. Medieval. I, I like medieval times. He was that skeleton knight. He didn't have a lower jaw. So Sure. I guess, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> so I guess here's the problems that I have. Um, PlayStation Plus Extra, the middle tier. That's where they really fight with Game Pass, right? Because that's where you get the catalog of a lot more modern and a lot more popular games that people already really, really want to play. The PlayStation Plus Premium, which is $20 more a year, is where they start to feed on the nostalgia a little bit, right? Because here's my... Like, how often are you actually going to play some of those older PlayStation 2 titles? Like, okay, you got the classics, right? Sly Cooper... Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank, Infamous, right? But that is only four, you know, four to eight of the 340 games that you would get at that tier. So, like, I know it's only $20 more for the premium than the extra, but do you think nostalgia is worth that? What do you boys think? I think it's it's rather shady that today's markets keep trying to put prices on nostalgia because they know I'm going to keep paying those prices. Use right. Use right. Yeah. And plus, like, if you think about it, like. Now, I'm one of those people where, like, I do have Game Pass, but it's installed on my PC, so I only have to pay $10 a month. If you want Ultimate, which is $15 a month, right? That's another story. But at PlayStation Plus Premium, it really is comparable to Xbox Game Pass, right? Because Xbox doesn't really have that tiered system like PlayStation's doing. It's just, do you want Game Pass or not? And then do you want Game Pass on multiple devices? Those are the two questions, right? Well, it is set up very similarly to Xbox's service because you have, uh, let's call PlayStation Plus Essential is essentially your Xbox Live Gold. And then the next tier up is your Xbox Live Game Pass. Well, then that final premium tier is your Game Pass Ultimate. And like that's that's where you really see the cool Xbox specific stuff. And I'm sure that's where you'll see the uh, PlayStation specific stuff. But I I think they're going to have to broaden their horizons a little bit and not be so specific about which generation of PlayStation game they keep on this service because they got to remember that to compete with Xbox there's a lot of third party multiple platform titles on Game Pass and right now PlayStation's just highlighting their own library you know what that's absolutely a fantastic point actually it really is like I'm sure that you'll be able to find plenty of those older titles that came onto many different platforms right but just like what xbox is doing with some of their exclusives like with playstation here they're mostly highlighting that you'll get to play like games from playstation so that is something interesting to point out one of the other things i wanted to uh, highlight from this article is how good of a job they did in highlighting the fact that if you're a playstation fan who doesn't want any of the extra services you don't want playstation plus extra or plus premium You can just stick with the exact same service that you have now, have the exact same benefits that you have now, and you're going to pay the exact same price that you're paying now. Are you what do you boys think? Was that a smart inclusion? Was it smart to do? Are you happy for PlayStation fans? Peaches, what do you think? Am I happy that they kept stuff the same for existing customers? I mean, I get I don't know. Like, that seems like the bare minimum question. 
here's the th- I know it does, but sometimes we don't even get the bare minimum. Do you know what I mean? Hey, I, I like th- it. I mean, as a person yeah. who hates change, I like when companies offer me the opportunity to not accept that change. I don't like change. Yeah. I know it was a weird question, right? But here's why I'm bringing it up. PlayStation could have easily taken this opportunity to maybe like also change some of the things they do with that base level PlayStation account, right? They could have changed it. They could have made a fourth lower tier where you don't get like the free games, but you do get online service. They could have, you know, raised the price for the essential account to maybe another five to ten dollars. Just thinking, oh, people won't even notice. Or if they do notice, they'll cough it up, right? They definitely could have done those things, but they didn't. Right. So, you know, as someone who uses their PlayStation, if I'm being honest, not as much as I'd like to, because I'm a fucking grad student and my time is so sparse. Remember, do your homework. Uh, I like that they made it very clear. Hey, if you don't want any of this extra shit that we're doing right, don't feel obligated. You can absolutely just keep the service that you have now. I do think that there's value in that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And I like how they're highlighting exactly what they're doing. Although I guess my last question for this article is, does the cost only include extra games or is there some other like, do you get more cloud storage or do you get like access to exclusive content or something like that? Or is it just including new games? If I can play Pac-Man World 2, you bet your ass I'm going for that $120 a year price. I'm just saying. Just saying. (laughs) Best game ever created was Pac-Man World 2. I'm sure you boys agree, right? We're men of culture. Eh, 3D Pac-Man's pretty darn good. (coughs) Chess. So, um, this next article... I I hate you so fucking much sometimes. You know that that Peaches? (laughs) God damn it. Why can't... Why can't you just humor me? Sometimes, please. Just once be cool. Have you ever heard of the game Beautiful Joe? Yes. Yes, actually. Was it from me? No. No. It was from X-Play. Well, Beautiful Joe 2, best game of all time. (laughs) Change your mind. (laughs) Is it because he's beautiful? He's very beautiful. I'm jealous. I'm all, I'm beautiful as well, but only on the inside, and even that's debatable. <laughs> all right. Oh, I'm sad now. I'm sad all the time. How do you think I feel? <laughs> anyway, stop feeling sad, buddy. I've got a piece of news here that is going to make you feel much better. Well, not you, Peaches, but Zara and I. So, Zara, what do we have for this last article? What's going on? It feels weird for me introducing this. I feel like we needed to bring Travis on for this to give it the proper hype. But Kingdom Hearts 4 was just announced today before we started recording this episode as it marks the 20th anniversary for the franchise. Oh, 20 years of Disney and Final Fantasy characters. That has been a beautiful blend. How excited are you, JP? I I'm ecstatic, especially since uh, like what was the time period in between Kingdom Hearts 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3s are? Was it like well over 10 years? years? <laughs> yeah, well over 10 years. And like because of that precedent that was set, I did not think that we were going to get Kingdom Hearts 4 so soon, which, by the way, was not the only thing announced, but it's definitely the most hype, um, which we'll get into in a minute. I did not think we were going to get an announcement let alone a fucking gameplay trailer through YouTube. <laughs> I didn't I didn't see any of this coming. Yeah, it just Very it exciting. just kind of came out of nowhere, but like I said before, today marks the 20th anniversary. Um and it called for a new trailer apparently that confirms the fourth official title in the series and in the trailer, let's just jump into it here. We do see Donald, Goofy, and Sora. Like, for sure, they are returning. As it should, though, because it's a, it's a Kingdom Hearts main title. 
but we didn't really see much else. JP, what it, what what excited you most from this trailer, aside from just knowing that we are going to get it? So, number one, um, the thing that excited me the most was the fact that it's not just Kingdom Hearts 4, which will kind of continue the story forward, right? We're getting two other games that are coming along with it, aren't we? Which is, uh, I'm trying to remember the names, because of course, as we know, Kingdom Hearts always likes to name their games goofy shit. But the first one is Kingdom Hearts Union Dark Road, which, if I'm not mistaken, is going to be a mobile game. And then the next one is Kingdom Hearts Missing Link, right? Which they don't... I Yeah, you know what? They also do make sure you know that it is a mobile game. So, I hate putting the words excited and mobile game in the same sentence for obvious reasons. Um... But hey, this means that we're getting some more of like that Kingdom Hearts lore before everything we know about Kingdom Hearts started and a little bit in the middle, right? But if you're talking strictly about Kingdom Hearts 4, I got to tell you the thing that I am the most excited about and I need you to bear with me on this one. If you've played Kingdom Hearts, any Kingdom Hearts title, you've probably noticed that when you're in the overworld, it's pretty fucking empty. Yeah. Right? You ever gone to Olympus Coliseum, <laughs> looked around and gone, where the fuck is everybody? Yeah. I hear you. I hear you, but I don't see anybody. It's empty. Right? What I'm excited for the most is in this small snippet of we seeing Sora getting off his ass and going hard to work to fight some big ass heartless. Right? We see a city full of other fucking people. We see a lively city that feels alive, right? More action, more fun, more immersion. That's what I'm excited for, baby. Yeah, if you didn't know any better, you think you were watching a Final Fantasy game because the the line that blurred between Disney and Final Fantasy is... Oh, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> it's it's gone. I, I scrolled down a little bit in the article, which I don't know if we mentioned the article was from Polygon written by Michael McWhorter. So thank you, Michael. Um, just kind of dissecting the gameplay of this a little bit. And yes, uh, there we talked a little bit before recording the podcast and watching the trailer. There was some question about whether or not this trailer was gameplay. And during the battle with the gigantic Heartless, that appears to be gameplay. And it looks very simple and very reminiscent to Kingdom Hearts 3, Kingdom Heart 3's HUDs. Mm -hmm. I liked that. I, I think the way they're not changing much, they're keeping it simplistic on first view. That it really excites me for a new Kingdom Hearts game. It excites me, too. It excites me, too. I'm, I want to go back to. Oh, I'm sorry, oh, sorry. What? I was just gonna say. Um, I, I'm all I'm seeing is the HP, the magic, and then is that drive? Is because I think it's uh, shot lock. That's for the shot lock, right? Right. Some of the same abilities you saw in you know like uh, Birth by Sleep and Kingdom Hearts Three or EX. Uh, I don't know, but. It, yeah, it it does essentially the same thing, right? Yeah. So the gameplay. It looks like, by the way, just from the video, like we can't assume too much yet, but it's probably going to be very reminiscent of Kingdom Hearts 3. So I want to go back to a comment that you made about the line between Disney and uh, Final Fantasy being Gonzar. And it's about the art style of this game. Um, I know specifically before we started podcasting, we had talked about kind of like the transformation of the art style here as opposed to previous Kingdom Hearts titles. And especially in this trailer, which we will post to Twitter, you can really see that, yeah, they're not going for cartoony anymore. They're making these like really damn good looking characters like Sora looks so different. And at the same time, so much the same. It's crazy, but it's not going to be for everybody. So I do want to ask you two, starting with Peaches, if this is what the next Kingdom Hearts game is going to look like, what do you think of how it looks? I think that bitch ugly. <laughs> what? Really? I don't like it. What don't you like about it? I just I don't know. Is it just I'm looking that it's at it different? And like, I I don't know if it's like an uncanny valley thing, or if it's a just I don't like the way it looks. But right, 
I preferred Sora looking cartoony and stuff, you know? Okay. Uh, yeah. It's definitely, especially like when you've known a character, like it's definitely weird to see them in this new art style. That's how I felt about Cloud when I saw him, you know, go from a blocky mess to what he looks like in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Czar, what do you think? Uh, there, there's definitely value to to what both of you are saying. I I kind of lean towards Peaches. I'm not a huge fan of the direction the art style is going, but it was a very good transition from Kingdom Hearts 3 because it still does look very similar to that. Uh, right. perha- I'm, I'm guessing it'll it'll grow on me, but it, it does look good. I don't want to detract from that. It looks beautiful. I guess I'm going to be the odd man out and say I'm actually pretty excited. Well, we'll have to see what happens when the art style inevitably changes within the game, because every time Sora and Donald and Goofy visit a new world, you know, they their costumes change. The layout looks different, like from the Toy Story world, like you look like a toy, but then you go to the frozen world and it looks completely different or right. even in kingdom hearts Two, the timeless river from black and white. Those are the, uh, yeah. art. that's, that's what I want to see before I make any hard decisions. It really is fascinating. It, th- this whole thing is fascinating. And I will tell you, if you're worried about how that might affect like the Disney characters, I will say that you see Donald and Goofy towards the very end of the trailer and they look fine. They look exactly the same, just with better shading. That's how you make them look better. Just shade them in better. Truth. You don't have to work on on cartoon animation too much. Just work on that shading. Oh, yeah. So, like, you know, for anybody that's worried about the Disney portion of what makes Kingdom Hearts so special, the Disney stuff's going to be fine. Just more shading. <laughs> That's yeah, Disney's going to make sure that Disney stays Disney. Right. But anyone that looks like they belong in a Final Fantasy game are definitely going to look like they belong in a Final Fantasy game now. Which will be interesting because that's where Square Enix, I'm sure, is really going to get creative. Yes, I totally agree. I totally agree. But for now, boys, whether you hate Kingdom Hearts or you love it, Happy Kingdom Hearts 20th anniversary day to all. Yeah. Zara, didn't you say there's a little trinket or like something funny that Nintendo's doing for the anniversary? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I don't know if it's Nintendo that's doing this. I don't want to say it's Nintendo. I, I think it is just Square Enix. But for the 20th anniversary, they're revitalizing and reviving Tamagotchis, making, uh, I think, two to four different Kingdom Heart Tamagotchis. And they include such notable characters. Are you sure we're not living in a simulation? <laughs> we'll get into what Tamagotchis like, are in I'll a tell you second. What I d- because there, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who oh. aren't exactly sure what a Tamagotchi is. But, Do we really have um, to explain what a Tamagotchi is? I'm so old. <laughs> yes. God damn yes, it. Yes, we are. And that comes with age as you have to explain the nostalgia of your youth. All the kids love yeah. when you explain the things that were cool when you were a kid. <laughs> they love that shit. They can't get enough of it. We all used to go play jacks down by the soda fountain. No one knows what you're talking about, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fine. There's a Sora and a Riku, or maybe it's a Kyrie. I think it's just Sora and Kyrie Tamagotchis. So if you know what a Tamagotchi is, get excited. I'm going to get them. Hopefully they don't die. Just remember to feed them. I'm going to buy their entire stock and just let them die. (laughs) No, you're a horrible human being. You're trying to hurt people. Yes. You're worse than the next-gen scalpers. (laughs) I'm going to sell it back at below cost, but they're dead. But they're dead. Damn. I don't even know what to think about that. (laughs) Peaches is truly the most heartless. Damn, homie. Ansem and Xehanort were really working for Peaches the whole time. (laughs) That's the twist that nobody saw coming in Kingdom Hearts. Damn, this guy's evil. <laughs> Just a bunch of people in Japan. Who the fuck is Peaches? 
We laugh now, but what I'm, I'm going to laugh when Peaches is actually the main villain of Kingdom Hearts 4. Oh, dear God. Oh, sweet <laughs> Neptune. All right, boys, I think we've talked about the main articles. Uh, who's ready to move on to some quick takes? Yeah, we'll do some quick takes and we'll make them quick. So Zar actually has time to edit. Um, I will grab What's the first, first one, Peaches. Uh, there is a new Witcher game being developed. Uh, it's going to focus on a character that is not named Geralt and is going to be from a different Witcher school. Um, I know a lot of people are wondering if this means that uh, Cyberpunk is going to stop development and it is not. They are still working on Cyberpunk. This is just in the works as well. Game studios are allowed to do more than one thing at a time. So look at, look out for more Witcher news on the horizon. All right. I guess that means this next one belongs to me. And uh, spoiler alert, you've probably already heard about this, to be honest. But even if you didn't, we're not very surprised, are we? Uh, Breath of the Wild 2 has been delayed to 2023. No! I know I'm extremely disappointed that I'm not going to play Breath of the Wild 2 this year. But I'd also be a hypocrite because on this very same podcast, I have said... I don't care how long it takes. Just take your time and make the game good. I've said that in regard to several games, but really now I'm being put at the test, put through the test as it's one of my favorite game franchises of all time. And I stand by it. Take the time. Make Breath of the Wild 2 good. All right, JP, I'm glad you said that. I'm going to call Nintendo right now and let them know they have until 2024. What is your deal today, dude? (laughs) I got a lot of chaotic energy built up. I just have so much hate. Is everything okay at home? It's because we don't get to play D&D today. My family has a new puppy and I haven't slept in weeks. Ah. Sounds a lot like your problem. I'm making it your guys' problem. You fucking bitch. So now it's your (laughs) problem, JP. Zach and I were kind of going back and forth the other day if this Breath of the Wild 2 news might lead to the idea that it's being released alongside a new Switch console. He says yes, because Nintendo be Nintendo, literally word for word what he said. I said no, because it doesn't really make sense for Nintendo to release a new console um, so close to the OLED Switch dropping or so far away from one of the holiday seasons. But you know what? Zach is right that Nintendo do be Nintendo sometimes, so... You just don't know what they do. They don't even know. It's like, you remember in that episode of South Park where Stan's trying to bring back the Margaritaville where the big corporate stooges just cut off a chicken's head and put it on like this board to see where it landed. That's what Nintendo does, except it's a Yoshi. It's a Yoshi. It's a... (laughs) (laughs) I think Nintendo's going to sue us for that one. I think that's That's the closest we've gotten. That's fucking dark. (laughs) Hey, man, it's not me. It's Nintendo. I mean, Mario literally <laughs> sacrifices Yoshi to get up to new cliffs. So, I mean, did we really do anything wrong? Correct. 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 They're the bad guys. All right. Czar, uh, you want to take this next quick take? All right. The Unreal Engine 5 is available to devs. So go get it. It's, it's pretty. It's shiny. It makes games look real nice. Yeah, and it's available now. In fact, as of April 5th, you can pick up the Unreal Engine 5, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Dude, games are going to get so fucking good. <laughs> like, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. My and God. For, for anyone out there that doesn't know, the Unreal Engine is a game development engine that basically generates everything for the game. And so you'll you'll know when games are done in different engines. Hmm. Interesting. All right. We've got uh, one last quick take here. Peaches, would you like to take it? Yeah, and I'll make it extra quick. So Activision Blizzard announced that uh, the US QA testers will be paid full time $20 an hour and get the uh, full time benefits. Um, this is likely in response to the Ravensoft uh, testers in Canada attempting to unionize and they will not be included in this change. <laughs> and uh, I just was bringing this out there just to show that, like, even the threat of unionizing your workplace works out better for workers. So let's go. go let's go, boys. Uh, maybe they shouldn't just settle then for $20 an hour. But you know what? At least it's a step in the right direction. I'm not saying they should yeah. settle. I'm just saying, like, 
this is this is good like i don't think this ends at them getting 20 dollars an hour you know what i mean yeah no this yeah. isn't like the the magic bullet that fixes everything but it like jp said it is a step in the right direction which is appreciated and very welcomed obviously do not forget that activision blizzard is still a piece of shit company Hundred and twenty thousand percent. Correct. Correct. All right. One last thing is the upcoming game releases. And guess what? There's just one. And it happens to be on my birthday in case anyone is looking for a birthday present for your good friend, JP. April 20th. That's right. My birthday is 420. We have Star Wars The Force Unleashed coming to the Switch. Yes. 420, baby. Let's go. Let's this go. Is an absolute- <laughs> Happy so birthday, Star Wars, JP. The Force Unleashed. Thank you. Thank you. This is an absolute true story. I was at a restaurant with my mom one time and uh, showed the waiter my ID and he was like, 420, nice. And my mom was like, what is th-? my mom was like, what does that mean, John Paul? And I was like, uh-oh. Uh, uh, nothing, mother. Nothing, mom. No, I explained it to her. She she thought it was funny, I think. I think. I think she a little hesitant laughter, you know, but laughter nonetheless. I'll I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Seriously, though, Star Wars, the Force Unleashed. Um, Nothing crazy there. Peaches, where would you rank the Force Unleashed on the scale of our, all the Star Wars games? Not high. No, no. I thought some people said I the would Force put Unleashed Lego was Star okay. Wars. I, I would put Lego Star Wars games above the Force Unleashed. Well, that's not great fucking news, is it, Peaches? I mean, a lot of people like Lego Star Wars. Or not Lego Star Wars. Everyone likes Lego Star Wars. Yeah. A lot of people like The Force Unleashed. I'm not one of them. Well, then get me something else for my birthday. I will. I'm actually looking at that right now. Oh, is it weed? Uh, Yes. I don't think you can ship that. Uh, Yes, but it's uh, like French, like weed. O U I D. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, boys. Well, I have some Tamagotchis to order, which is a very old fashioned sentence. Yeah. Um. Anything else before we head out for the day? Good luck getting them, JP. Please don't kill all the Tamagotchis, Peaches. That's just not nice. Please, man. I. Bye. No, hey, you get back here. All right, hold on. Okay, I'm going to go kill Peaches. So uh, thank you for joining us another episode on the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your Game Tea? Where did everybody go? If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your Game Tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.